0: Couple of months ago, I came across an amazing nudge database of research papers made by Mark Egan at the Sterling Behavioral Science Center. I spent some time converting it into a searchable notion database to help other researchers. However, one thing that struck me was that almost all research papers only had successful nudging interventions. The researchers aimed to create a behavior change. And were able to achieve it using specific combination of nudges and that caught me thinking do nudges always work and when they don't work is that research still valuable hello and welcome to another episode of what the research podcast i'm your host ruhe Paul. i'm a marketer and a behavior science enthusiast in this episode i will focus on a research paper where the researchers ran five large-scale field experiments to change the commuting behavior of a company's employees. They used behavioral interventions to nudge them to an environmentally sustainable behavior, and it did not work. The paper is titled What we can learn from five naturalistic field experiments that failed to shift commuter behavior and was published by Ariela L. Crystal and Ashley Williams from the Harvard Business School. I must thank the researchers here for documenting this field experiment where behavior change nudges did not work. As on many occasions, we learn a lot more from stuff that did not work compared to the stuff that actually worked. So here's what the experiment was all about. The company with with which the researchers worked is is an airport in Europe with over 75,000 employees. The researchers aim to examine if they can use nudges to successfully reduce single occupancy commutes to and from office. In a previous survey, 49% of the employees of this company had reported that they drive to office alone in a car. So they are single occupancy commuters. And out of these, 61% had mentioned that they can consider carpooling for commute. The company already has a carpooling service, uh, which matches uh, different employees based on their location, their commute time and shift time which is what the researchers leveraged in the study. So the researchers undertook five different field experiments and of course the employees did not know that they are part of an experiment. In the first experiment, they aim to increase the number of registrations for the carpool service. They work with two hypotheses here. One was that reducing friction encourages action and follow through and social proof improves compliance with sustainable behavior. In this experiment, they sent letters to over 54,000 employees and there were employees who were in the control condition and there were employees in the treatment condition. So the employees in the control condition did not get any letter. Those in treatment condition, there were three treatment conditions over here. In treatment condition one, employees got a standard letter with information about the carpooling service. In treatment two. The researchers aim to reduce the friction by prominently highlighting a link to the form where employees can register for the carpooling service. And in treatment 3, the researchers added testimonials from two other employees who use carpool service and they're very happy with it along with their images. However, between those who got a standard letter and those who got uh, behaviorally informed letters, uh, the researchers observed that there is uh, there was no difference in... Uh, the rate of signing up for the carpool service. So this nudge did not work. In the second study, they tested two other behaviorally informed interventions on employees who were already registered for the carpool service but were not active, like they were not using this carpool service. So they used personalized recommendations and opportunity cost reminders. This they say is because uh, for the survey you know that I had mentioned earlier. A majority of the employees had mentioned that uh, they will consider taking a carpool if they found a right match with people in their shift and who share the same route uh, as them. Also, if you look at uh, decision-making research, it shows that people do not spontaneously recognize opportunity costs and it has to be made salient to them to make the right decision. So as part of this field experiment, the researchers sent out mails to 871 employees with the control group getting the standard mail, the treatment one group getting mail which featured personalized carpool matches for them, and treatment two group getting a mail with these personalized matches as well as information on the amount of money that they will save when they carpool. But what the researchers found was that only one employee from this uh, study actually became an active carpooler. In the next study, They attempted to increase the use of public transportation by offering small financial incentives which they did by sending an emailer to more than 7,500 employees who did not use bus commuting otherwise but their houses were on the bus routes. They sent them emailers along with a voucher for one week of free bus trial. So the people in the control condition they received this letter which had details about how to purchase a discounted transit car but it did not have a free trial voucher but the employees in the treatment group received this letter and the 7-day free trial voucher but again the researchers did not see any statistically significant difference between the number of people who got a discount voucher and the number of people who did not get a discount voucher who started using buses for commute moving on to the fourth study This study uh, was in fact a follow-up on the previous study and aimed at those recipients who did not use any of the free vouchers during a trial week. So the control group over here received no follow-up letter, but the treatment group received a follow-up letter that highlighted the cost of the free trial that they had missed out on, along with information about how they can still take advantage of discounted travel with the aim to leverage the loss aversion bias. But the effect size was negligible, indicating that not using the free trials apparently did not amount to a loss for the employees. The fifth and the last research focused on the nudge of creating a plan. The researchers emailed employees in the treatment group with a personalized travel plan that included options to carpool, discounted transit passes, public transport routes, and the whole nine yards in one single mail. And the control group did not get any email. Again, the researchers found that this nudge also had no impact on uh, the commuting behavior of the employees so to summarize over here uh, just think about it the authors have tried nudges uh, based on improving salience social norms reducing friction personalization making opportunity cost salient financial incentives reminders and creating a plan and none of these nudges made any significant impact on the employee's commuting behavior. So after going through this research paper, I had three observations. Firstly, one of the core premises of nudging the employees to environmentally sustainable behavior was based on the survey where many of them had said that they could consider carpooling, finding a carpool match is a key barrier, and they prefer to use a sustainable commuting alternative. Now, to my mind, this is a classic case of stated preferences versus true preferences that many consumer surveys suffer from, especially when the survey is about environmentally conscious behavior. People say things that will make them look good to others or even to themselves without sharing their true intentions. Market researchers are accurately aware about this issue and hence tend to make surveys double-blind where the respondent and the experimenter don't know what the real intention is behind the survey. My second observation here was that the research is based on identifying specific nudges from literature which have worked in similar context and then applying these in this experiment. However, the stage of deep diving into the minds of the employees hasn't been covered in the research paper. This gives me also segue into a very interesting research paper titled, Budging Beliefs Nudging Behavior, where the authors argue that the success of an intervention Uh, Success of a behaviorally informed intervention depends on understanding people's current behavior and beliefs to ensure that any nudge will actually budge them from their current beliefs. In that paper, the authors propose a BBC model for this where BBC stands for belief, barriers and context. In fact, even the authors of the commuting research paper they mention that future research should target other barriers that prevent employees from carpooling and which they might be more reluctant to admit on self-report service. The third observation I had is that while the nudges struggle to make employees adopt a carpooling commuting behavior, ride-sharing companies like Uber and Lyft seem to have successfully created carpool products called Uber Pool and Lyft line, which are big revenue earners for them. So I was curious to know how Uber and Lyft are able to get three random, unknown people in a car, when in this research, accurately targeted, scientifically proven adjusts fail to do so for a group of people who are not unknown to each other, who work at the same place, who are in the same company and possibly share same shift timings and same commute routes. The answer may lie in the BBC model. I looked at a bunch of different research papers focus on carpooling, focus on how Uber has created a successful carpool product and pass this through the BBC lens. And here's what I think. Of course, these are my views and not of the researchers of the commuting paper. And of course, my views haven't been validated by any sort of experimentation. So the first B is belief. One of the research studies done in the US at the Michigan State University on carpooling highlights the fact that people who were aware about carpooling surveys and wanted to use the surveys were worried that they will end up with someone very awkward in the carpool and then they will have to face them in the campus every day. Thus, they wanted to have more information about their carpool partners before signing up for the carpool. This belief of course doesn't impact Uber or Lyft because people rarely end up with someone who they actually work with or they study with. And they usually don't end up with the same set of people sharing carpool again and again. However, in the context of uh, the current research we're talking about, the people worked in the same company. And hence, the belief that they may end up with someone whom they don't like is a belief which is not getting addressed by the nudges uh, that we have, that the researchers provided to the employees. In fact, the Michigan State University research found that once carpooling mixers were organized, where potential carpool matches met each other and spoke to each other, more people ended up uh, signing for the carpool service and more people started using it. So that's very interesting. The second B stands for Barrier. One of the biggest barriers regarding use of any sort of public transport is uncertainty. What route to plan, how much time it will take, Will I reach my destination on time? In fact, Uber did a research that showed that for Uber Pool, their carpool product, the top three important features for consumers are ETA, so estimated time of arrival, on demand availability, and trip duration. All of these point towards the barrier of time uncertainty. Now, Uber is able to overcome this barrier by showing you the ETA, the trip duration, and even the cost right when you're making the booking. This is a barrier which, again, in the current research paper, it's not apparent if the barrier was actually crossed by providing the type of nudges the researchers provided the employees. Lastly, C is for context in the BBC model. This I found very interesting and something Uber has really cracked. When you open the Uber app, it shows you the amount of money that you will save if you use Uber pool versus Uber X. This is one of the biggest last-minute nudges to the users to book Uber pool. In the commuting study, however, the researchers did make the opportunity cost of not using carpool salient, but it did not work for them. This is because of the context in which this information is consumed. When Uber shows you the opportunity cost of booking Uber Pool versus Uber X, you are in a hot state. you are ready to commute and you're looking for the best way to reach your destination. However, when the employees in this research read the opportunity cost messages, it was in emailers, and most likely they read it sitting comfortably in their office chair without any worry about an upcoming commute. I really wonder what would have been the impact of this message if it was delivered to them, say, every morning, as they were planning to start their commute repeatedly for a few days showing them that with every passing day when they did not use carpool how much money they have actually wasted in any case so in summary i strongly believe that while nudges do work it is important to first have a strong handle on the bbc which is beliefs barriers and context of the respondents and then leverage these to identify the right nudges and the right way to deliver these nudges at scale for sustained behavior change. Well, I hope you liked this episode of What The Research. If you haven't yet subscribed, please consider joining the mailing list that will get you not only the new episodes from What The Research podcast, but also my newsletter, Behavior product, directly in your inbox. All the links to all the research papers I spoke about in this podcast episode are in the podcast episode description. Do take out time to read through these. I'm sure you will enjoy it. Till next time, take care, stay safe, stay healthy.